This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome. We are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Um, number ways, well, the best way to reach me is to call in toll free 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. Um, and um, you can ask me anything, talk about anything you want to talk about. That's why we're here. We're here to um, help you, help your pets, understand things a little bit better. Um, you've got to have questions. You've got to have things that uh, are just bugging you. So um, to help you get started, I'm going to, uh, I like to you know, go through the news at uh, the American Animal Hospital Association news stat. The American Veterinary Medical Association has its smart brief and just kind of what's out there. So interestingly, because we talk about this all the time, and you know, comes the holidays, we talk about the holiday hazards, and people are probably scratching their head. Oh, yeah, come on. That stuff never happens. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe get a hold of a little chocolate, maybe something, a little something. But really, you know, you talk about all these hazards, the, the decorations, the tree, the gifts, the ribbons. Wait, time out. Two stories. The first two stories that happened uh, right after Christmas, dogs ingesting Christmas decorations that needed surgery. Not one, but two cases. One was a 70, excuse me, 30 inches, that's that's like two and a half feet of tinsel that an eight-year-old German shepherd got a hold of, and they had to do intestinal surgery. And just, you know, to try to top that one comes, and I had to laugh, I'm going to save the breed for last. So you get an idea of, of how funny I thought this was, uh, a cute story to, to share about this. But it was 34 gingerbread cookie ornaments not only the ornaments themselves but the ribbon hangers that they were attached to the tree 34 eaten a seven-year-old dog just curious maybe i should save this for last i want to know what you think could be the answer for this one you can even send me a quick email to dr jeff dr jeff at petliferadio.com it'll be sent to me i want your votes i want to know what breed I, i i guessed it right away i want to know what breed would be crazy enough stupid enough call it what you will to eat 34 gingerbread ornaments off of a tree so um oh then we're gonna say well we're gonna get to this answer later on in the show but i thought it was pretty funny now i'm not a huge instagrammer i, ha- I have an instagram presence i need more followers so if anyone's to follow at dr jeff werber i won't hate you for it i'd love you for it but this cat puts most of, i mean most of anyone in our industry is to shame and that is 4.3 million followers on Instagram. The cat's name, and that's insane. The owners of this cat are making over a million dollars a year, every year, over seven figures. How crazy is that? Just for having a cat. So anyway, the cat's name is Nala Cat, N-A-L-A. Um, I guess it was discovered somewhere. Someone took a picture of it. Before you know it, it just explodes. I mean, the cat's a cute cat. Don't get me wrong. It was an adoption cat. They adopted it like at five months of age, whatever. Now it's, it's actually represented by CAA. CAA, Creative Artist Agency, is one of, if, if not the largest talent agency on the planet. And they are representing this cat, Nala Cat. I mean, I think it's a little insane. You know, when you look at some of the influencers on Instagram, you wonder, what did they have to offer? 
some of them, <laughs> go on, I'm not going to say anything bad because I got to hand it to them. They did a heck of a job promoting themselves however they chose to do it. And um, now they're making bank. Any company, it's not just like, oh, here, I bought so-and-so. It's now that you want the brand and then where I got. And every time you mention anything, you get paid. What could be bad? So um, hats off to those of you out there who have become influencers, who are making it happen, and you don't have to work. It's work. I mean, uh, trust me, I know it's work because just trying to build my little Instagram is a lot of effort and a lot of time. But it just, it amazes me. It blows me away. So anyway, Nala Cat. I should tell you because before you know it, the cat's going to have 5.3 million followers instead of 4.3. So um, anyway, that's it for Instagram. So this is interesting. This is not a, a feel-good story like Nala Cat. Uh, it is about a very serious infection that you, comes from puppies or dogs, but often in puppies, and can infect people. It's called the zoonotic disease. It's Campylobacter. This has already affected over almost 70 people in 15 different states. And interestingly, 90% of these cases were traced back to puppies coming from a particular chain store called Petland. Interestingly, in many of your states, you probably don't have pet stores anymore. We don't have them in California. They're not allowed. I used to work. I used to check animals from a Petland store. And it's really how do I say this nicely? It's really not Petland's fault as far as the puppies. It's their sources that they have to go after. And that was the big argument in the first place about whether or not we should allow pet stores because they, of course, are in business to, to do business. They're going to buy these puppies for a certain price. They're going to sell them for more than that price. And we would put pressure when I worked with these pet stores, some of them, I put pressure on them. You got to change your sources. You got to get better sources. These puppies are terrible. And yet, whether they don't, they can't, whether they just can't enough, get enough puppies to survive, who knows? Anyway, these puppies were from the Petland chain. So clearly, they're buying them from a particular source or sources that are these puppies have Campylobacter. And so if one is not careful, you take them into your house, you're playing with them, you're cleaning up after them, your kids are playing with them, they take a poop, you pick up the poop. If you don't wash your hands well afterwards, then there, and then you go ahead and, and eat your apple or you make your sandwich, you can actually get this bacteria called Campylobacter. I mean, look, it's not a deadly bacteria, but it does cause intestinal upset. You get vomiting, you can get some diarrhea, you feel like crazy, you get cramps. Not a good thing to have. Not a good thing to happen to you. And therefore, it's very important to, and this is true with any puppy, especially if you have kids in the house. And this is not something you don't get puppies, but there are certain parasites and certain bacteria that we can get from pets. And it's just basic hygiene, guys. It's nothing fancy. Wash your hands before you eat. So anyway, that's, that's kind of what it boils down to. But anyway, just so you know, uh, these puppies are stricken, have this bacterium. It's called Campylobacter. It can affect us. So be very, very careful out there. Now, this is also very interesting. Uh, you may have heard this story a while ago, but it was about a, a dog that um, there was a, a charity marathon going, taking place in North Carolina. And this dog, out of the blue, starts running into the group and ran for 15 miles with some people. And it turns out it was a pit bull cross, a Staffordshire Terrier cross. And the dog was uh, just happy running. It, it found some friends that they can run with. How cool is that? So anyway, what's interesting is that so they realized they had no ID. Turns out it was, the dog was abandoned. The dog found its way to this race, saw all these people running, said, oh, my God. I love to run. I'm going to run too. They met up with some people. They thought, obviously thought it was kind of cute. 
that they're running, and all of a sudden this dog starts following them, not for one or two miles. We're talking 15 miles here. That's a, how many of us can run 15 miles? So anyway, they, uh, they, someone took it to a shelter and with that story. Well, obviously the story got out, and it was adopted by a couple, the husband-wife team, who are runners themselves, and they were interestingly looking for a dog they can run with. How perfect is that? So they adopted this dog, and um, uh, I think that's really cute. So that's a great story. So anyway, I'm just wanting to know if anyone has yet chimed in about our issue. What dog, what breed would it just be like, hands down, this is a dog that would clearly go after 34 gingerbread cookies with ribbon, with everything, because they don't care. They're just going to eat it because it's a gingerbread cookie. Who cares the fact that cookie is probably shellacked with something? Who cares that it's been sitting, probably it's, this, it's the same ornament that they've been using year after year after year. That doesn't make a difference. This breed will eat anything. I often say it's a dog that one of the criteria I often, when I'm talking to clients about their, their dogs, is the dog sick? Is it not sick? Oh, is he eating? Because of course, if a dog stops eating, that's a concern. But with this one particular breed, I can't use that because I have a joke. They will eat on their deathbed. They're known for what they're chow hounds. They will eat everything and anything that's not bolted down or doesn't eat them first. Any guesses or something? Maybe give it to the end of the show and let's hear you chime in. Yeah, that's probably not a bad idea. Let's, let's, uh, let's do that. Uh, nothing else really exciting in the news. You know, I was a little bit well concerned about the, the dangers of the holidays. You know, Christmas is over, but the trees are still up. People don't take their trees down till after New Year. So that's a problem. We got New Year's coming up. New Year's Tuesday night. That's another problem with our pets. We got to be very, very careful. Now, unlike the foods, you know, usually when people come over, you're going to have New Year's parties. You might have a dinner. It's not like your, your Thanksgiving dinner, your Christmas dinner, your Hanukkah dinner. It's a little different, New Year's. But I would say New Year's are more like finger foods. So you might have bowls out there with things that are dangerous for our pets. Nuts, for example, macadamia nuts, walnuts, peanuts. Look, a little bit of peanut butter, as long as it's not sugar-free, sweetened with that artificial sweetener, xylitol, it's okay. People do it all the time. They'll take their pill that they have to give their dog and stick in a little bit of peanut butter. Ah, I can live with that. But there's certain nuts that are known to be very fattening, a lot of oil, and that oil can cause pancreatitis. But in that mixture of nuts, you got raisins. Of course, we have to be careful of raisins. And, um, and chocolate. And chocolate, again, they have to eat a lot of it depending on the type of chocolate. Interestingly, dark chocolate, everybody knows is pretty bad. The unsweetened dark baker's chocolate, we call it. Pure chocolate, where you see 100% cacao or 99%. But the most dangerous of all really is that 100% pure cocoa powder. That's the, the most dangerous. The least dangerous, the fact, it probably doesn't even have any chocolate in it anyway, is the white chocolate. That's all sugar. That's not so great either for your dogs. But as far as the toxic ingredient chocolate called theobromine, there's really nothing in white chocolate. Milk chocolate, candies, you know, like I get these calls. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think my dog, I have to rush my dog to emergency. He just ate a chocolate, a Hershey's Kiss. Um, oh, how big is your dog? Oh, he's an 80-pound dog. He's a Malamute cross. I don't think you have to worry about an 80-pound dog eating a Hershey's Kiss. But you're better safe than sorry. There are websites, by the way, that you can go on, and you can actually, um, it's like a, you look for the chocolate meter. And what it does, it, will, it differentiates all the different types of chocolate from pure, pure dark chocolate, cocoa, semi-sweet, unsweetened, uh, milk chocolate, you know, all the way to white chocolate. And then it gives a, you punch in your dog's weight and it will tell you how much chocolate it would need to eat to get minimally, like just some mild clinical signs to more severe clinical signs, to terrible clinical signs, to, to worry about coma and death. So it's really good. And, and there, there are a few of them out there. And look, the truth is, 
that I refer to those websites as well because it's not something I remember all the time exactly which chocolate, how much, how big a dog. So it's out there. That information is there. So there's some good information out there on the internet. Really, there is. And that's one of them. So when it comes to the festivities on New Year's Eve, I'm worried about something else. They Believe it or not, there are dogs that really like to imbibe alcohol. And they do. I remember I had a dog with me in college. And um, he was my high school graduation present and my very own. And he went to college with me. And we were at a fraternity party one Friday afternoon. Uh, they called it a TG party. And um, I'm sitting there and I hear, I, he's not with me. He's you know mingling. He was such a social dog. And everybody going, I hear a lot of hooping and hollering. Oh my God, check that. So I go over and what's going on? There was a guy standing there with his cup of beer and he felt some slobbering all over his hand. He looks down and there's my dog lapping up his beer. Well, guess what? They thought it was so funny. A lot of the other guys started giving my dog beer. Of course, he was lapping it up. Well, if you ever saw a drunk dog, I saw a drunk dog. At one point, we were kind of jogging home, and I had to turn up a corner. I had to make a, a right turn going from you know one direction to the other. And he was jogging a typically crazy dog who was running faster than I was. And he, as I run, he's trying to make the turn. He, he was so out of it. He, he ran right into a tree. So he was, uh, you know, it, it is, trust me, at the time it was funny. Only, I mean, he didn't hurt himself, of course, but just the fact that, that he was staggering. So don't let your dogs drink alcohol. Dogs can get alcohol poisoning. Most dogs weigh way less than we do. So it takes a lot less to get them really drunk. So even though they might like it, you know, you're going to have eggnog, you're going to have champagne, who knows, whatever you're going to be drinking, hard liquor, dogs will drink it, especially if it's watered down, if it's mixed with like some juices or something sweet so you don't feel it. I mean, vodka, really good vodka doesn't have a whole lot of taste to it. So um, they will drink it. You got to be really careful. Anyway. Don't go away. When we come back, we're going to talk about winterizing your pets. Very, very, you know, and now we are seeing snow in a lot of places, freezing, freezing temperatures. Um, in, even in California, down in the mountains, we have the, the 10 foot base of snow. So we need to talk about this because it is very, very critical that we understand that dogs are sensitive to cold. And also, I want to hear you chiming in what breed of dog ate the 34 gingerbread cookies. Don't go away, but right back. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. When we put him on the Dynavite, he took right to it. All of these symptoms disappeared. Dynavite is nutrition. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. Something that he actually likes to eat. You need to put him on Dynavite. Dynavite for life. If you love your dog, you don't just want him healthy, you want him to be happy. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And we're back. So, um, anyway, we just wanted to talk about some. Um, Issues with the cold weather and dogs. And this can be very serious because, you know, we think that dogs are dogs. You know, even, even think of, of the, the Alaskan dogs, the Samoyeds, the, the Huskies, the Malamutes, dogs that are known to have these thick, thick coats and do well in winter, which they can. But they have to still be moving. And they cannot feel the, the, the uh, cold. Oh, this is one of my calls on Airbet. Hang on one second real quick because I'm going to tell this person. This, by the way, this is how Airbet works. It's fantastic. Hello? 
Hey, how are you? Hi, Susie. Um, do me a favor. By the way, you're online with me because I'm doing my radio show live. Can I call you back in like 15 minutes? Of course. Okay, great. So uh, you. you're very welcome. Say bye. <laughs> so that's that's how great my air vet works. You can call me or a vet anytime. It's fantastic. Anyway, so we're talking about cold weather and dogs. So understand, don't think, oh, it's just a dog. We can leave them outside overnight. No, you can't. If it's getting down below freezing, they also are susceptible to the cold weather. So a couple of things that we just need to know. First of all, the smaller the dog, the greater the surface area is per pound body weight, which means there's more possibility for them to lose their body heat to the environment on the outside, which means when you see those little dogs or you have a little dog and you're going out to the cold weather, yes, put that funny looking sweater on. Don't let people make fun of you. And if they do, tough noogies because those animals do need some protection from the cold. Remember also, cold is cold. Wind chill, that makes cold even colder. So, so if you are in an area and you're going to have your dogs outside and it is a windy area, if you're in Chicago or someplace, Wisconsin, where it gets cold and windy, make sure that you have animals. There's some place where they can actually get shielded from the wind. And there are space heaters, safe space heaters that can go into dog houses. So if your dog really does need to be outside during the day, you want to keep them in a, in a heated area so to keep them more comfortable. Water. Water is important. It's important for life. If you have a water bowl out and it's, you know, two degrees or three degrees below or 10 degrees below zero, guess what? It's going to freeze. It's going to do them no good. So again, you need to get these water bowls and they are available that are somewhat heated and they don't let the water in the bowl melt so they can have their water as they need it. Feet, feet, their feet, remember, there's very little protection. What do we, when we talk about their protection, what are we saying? We're saying, well, they have a coat, they have a thick coat, they have a hair. Yes, that does true, hold true for a bit. However, the bottoms of the feet, the pads, <laughs> they don't have any hair. So when they're sitting on the ice, they actually can get frostbite, especially if they're not moving. Moving is key. If you remember, remember that movie years ago, what a great movie, Eight Below. Well, these dogs, they were sled dogs. They, they were born, they were bred to be in the cold. And yet, when they're just sitting and they can't move and they're all chained up, they die. It is very, very, very dangerous. So on feet, a couple of hazards. It's not just the snow and the ice, but if you live in a city, most municipalities are putting something down on the pavement to melt the ice. And that's the worst thing for their feet, whether it's salt, whether it's a chemical. So it's very important when you get back, if you're not going to get little booties or something to slide on the feet, like little uh, paw protectors, then you want to make sure you clean their feet really well when you get back home. Don't let that stuff sit there because it's going to irritate the feet. It's going to irritate the skin in between the digits. You definitely want to get that cleaned up. So um, in the house, if you're going to have your heat on, uh, this is uh, for everybody. Obviously, you got to be really careful about carbon monoxide. Um, if you have fireplaces, real fireplaces that are not covered, be careful because it, I've seen some dangers there. If you have space heaters, floor heaters, don't let a dog sit right in front of it. It feels good if they fall asleep and that heat is coming out of the heater in one spot on the dog, it can burn them. It can burn their skin. If you're the type that likes lighting candles in the house, which is great, um, especially, well, tonight we have the last night of Hanukkah. There are going to be a lot of candles. For those of you that light candles, be careful because dogs and cats, especially cats, are intrigued by the flame, the flickering light of a candle. So those two are a problem. So again, it's just a matter of common sense. It's also make sure that your dogs do have plenty of food and water. At night, if you live in a really, really cold area where it is freezing or below, 
on a nightly basis. Keep your dogs inside. If you don't want them in the house, then you're in the bed with you. Then stick them in the laundry room, stick them in the kitchen, give their own bed, make sure it's heated. They are going to be so much happier and it's much safer for your dogs. Now, speaking of outside animals in the cold, this one is also very, very important to note that dogs usually don't run freely outside, but cats do. So cats aren't stupid. Cats are really smart. What they find is that they can achieve some comfort and heat in a car engine because cars are running during the day. The engines stay hot for a long time afterwards. So they will go up underneath the car, jump on the engine block, find a nice little comfy spot, curl down. Now it's warm and that shields them, A, from the the wind, the windshield, and it provides them a nice warm area because the engine was running during the day or during the evening when you got home from work. So now they'll wake up in the morning, there's a cat sleeping on your engine inside under the hood and you're going to start your car. Don't even want to know what that sound is going to be like if that cat gets stuck in a fan belt. So... What I would recommend, a good idea, good practice. Chances are you're going to wake them anyway because if you have a lot of snow at night, you're going to brush the snow off the hood, you know, get the windshield wipers going first before you start the engine, whatever. But what I would recommend you doing is you walk outside, you walk in your car, and give a couple of hits right on the hood. So if there's a cat sleeping there, it's going to jam. And uh, that's just, yeah, just do it. Trust me on that one. It's a good thing to do. So um, anyway, we're getting towards the end of the show. And I did not hear, I wanted to know if any of you chimed in. So I'm going to tell you because any dog crazy enough to eat 34 gingerbread cookies hanging on a tree is a dog, the same dog that will eat on its deathbed, the same dog that will eat anything that's not bolted down or doesn't eat him first is the Labrador Retriever. That's the biggest joke about labs. It's that they want to eat everything. I grew up with labs. I have labs right now. And I can tell you it is totally true. Labs will eat everything everything and anything. Most dogs will sniff first, and if it seems safe, they'll eat it. Labradors eat it first and then wonder and pray that what it was they just ate isn't dangerous. So um, they have no control. And the, the funniest story ever, I was doing a story years ago, and I went to Canine Companions for Independence, CCI, fantastic organization. They train dogs to help people you know, that are physically impaired, and whether they're in wheelchairs, whatever the case may be, hearing, they, they also do you know, like guide dogs, So we're doing a story and they were, (laughs) this is funny. So they were training a group of dogs. There were like seven dogs and there were six golden retrievers and one Labrador retriever. Now, interestingly, a lot of these places are breeding their own mixes of Lab and Golden, but they're sort of um, very trainable. They're very smart and they're usually not aggressive. They don't have that that menacing look. So people aren't afraid to approach them or run the other way when when someone with a guide dog or an assistance dog is approaching them. So uh, anyway, today's training episode was the ball, the tennis ball. The dogs are lined up. Each dog has a name. And the trainer would come out bouncing a tennis ball, walking in front of these dogs, sitting at attention right in front of me. I was watching this. He went then would toss the tennis ball. He would then call dog by name. And that dog and only that dog would get the ball. I mean, my dog would have failed already. Get the ball, bring it back, do a figure eight around each dog, and then go back to his spot drop the ball for the trainer, and he would do it again for another dog and another dog. And of course, I'm sitting there amazed because my dog would fail that as soon as he saw the bouncing ball. So now, now it's the open face turkey sandwich. So, so this is the funniest thing. So what he does is he's walking in front of the dogs with an open face turkey sandwich, and it says, no touch, no touch. No, and these retrievers, the, the goldens are first. It was the six goldens and then the Labrador at the end sitting in attention, not even smelling it. They were just right in front of the face, a turkey sandwich. Not even, all of a sudden, he gets to the Labrador, no touch, 
<laughs> attacks a sandwich right out of his hand. I had to laugh because that is so Labrador. So um, even a, a well-trained lab, you, you can't test it with food. So anyway, um, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, a couple of things. Yes, you can follow me on Instagram at, at Dr. Jeff Werber. We'd love to have you follow me. And um, also, if you need help, uh, if your veterinarian isn't providing you with some sort of telemedicine, telehealth service yet, put him in touch with me or, him or her in touch with me. Love to talk to them about AirVet. And as you see, it's fantastic. I don't even know this client. I don't, I'm going to find out as soon as our dog's name was Grizzly. So Susie and Grizzly are going to hear from me in just minutes after I uh, say goodbye. And uh, But anyway, that's how great it is. You can talk to a veterinarian 24-7. You can't go wrong. Anyway, thanks for joining me. And we'll be here next week, same time, same channel here on Pet Life Radio. Bye-bye. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.